This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 31. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Dusty Porter from Technology Guru into the Baller Circle. Dusty also has a podcast called Podcasters Unplug, and I listen to his podcast and I love it. So let me tell you a little bit about Dusty. Dusty is an online content creator and voice actor. He's been creating online content for almost 10 years now and, is, has, and, and has a company uh, called Porter Media that he's run for over six Dusty runs the Technology Guru YouTube channel with over 120,000 subscribers and 22 million video views. He has two podcasts, Podcasters Unplugged, the YouTube Creators Hub, and is working on a new one called Online Business Realm. With the power of the internet, Dusty has been able to quit his 9-to-5 job and focus on his online business full-time. So I'm so happy to have Dusty on the show to share all his knowledge bombs, lessons learned, all the great um, you know knowledge that he's learned over the years and, and share some of the success uh, that he's had and the struggles that he's went to to get that level of success. So, Dusty, how are you doing? Michael, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. You make me sound good. <laughs> well, you are good. I mean, I, I you know, I watched <laughs> your I, I was looking at your YouTube channel and I saw all the great videos you have on there. And, you know, the first thing that I was wondering is I was like, man, he's, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, reviewing all these gadgets and software. How do you figure out what products you're going to feature uh, on the on the YouTube channel? Honestly, Michael, it's stuff that I already use, and it's things that I have questions about when I'm learning that software or that product, and I'm like, you know what, that would be a great video because I don't know how to do it. I had to seek out information on how to do it, and then my channel is primarily tutorial-based or how-to-based, uh, so it means that it's more search-focused in the YouTube algorithm, so people are searching for how to do certain things. So with that being said, when I went out when I first started my YouTube channel, I saw all these tutorial videos on YouTube, but 80, 90% of them were really bad. I mean, they were really poorly done. You couldn't hear the audio. You couldn't see the people in the screen. You couldn't tell what they were doing on their screen. So I was like, you know what? There's a market out there for somebody to go and create really high quality videos on how to do this stuff. And it, 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 the market was wide open. Hmm, that's awesome. So when you, you the, the products that you're uh, featuring on the show, do you reach out to the product creators as well? Or do you just say, hey, I'm going to you know buy this product or I already own this product, so let me just feature it? So I used to. I used to reach out to uh, companies and say, hey, look, you know, I would like to review your application or I would like to do a set or a series of tutorials on your software. But here lately, when you reach around the 75, 80, 90, 100,000 threshold, there's something about that number. It means nothing to us as YouTubers or creators, but to companies, they see that number. And I guess to them, visually, it looks good because you've got so many subscribers. But really, the subscriber count, if you've got anybody listening to the show who's thinking about getting on YouTube, the subscriber count really is meaningless. There's people on YouTube with 25, 30,000 subscribers making you know $100,000 a year on YouTube from that number. So that number is really irrelevant. But what happens is companies will then begin to approach you, and I now probably get 10, 15, 20 emails a day from smaller companies. Now, I'm not getting emails from like Apple or when, you know, Matt. 
big companies like that, but I'm getting emails from the small to medium range companies and they're like, hey, look, your channel's perfect for my software. I'll send you a free copy or your channel's perfect for my hardware. I'm going to send you a, a free thing in the, the, the mail. So I, I deal with LG and do some stuff with them and companies like that. So now I'm getting more approached by them as opposed to having to reach out via email or social media. But the great thing about the world that we live in now, Michael, is that with Twitter and social media and outlets like that, we are closer as we've ever been to those big companies. And a lot of times I'll do a review on a website or an application and I'll send out a tweet and then that company will come back at me and they'll either feature it on their website, which has been a way that I've kind of got my content out there, or they'll retweet what I tweeted out and that'll blow up my video. So there's tons of different ways that I reach out to companies now, but definitely more having them come to me. And I definitely like that better than, than the, the first part. Okay, that's awesome. So um, let, let's say, you know, you talk a little bit about people who are interested in starting YouTube channels. What, what advice would you have for someone who is um, looking to start a new YouTube channel as to how to ramp up? I mean, you, you know, 22 million video views, that's crazy, man. And, you know, 120,000 subscribers. What, what did you do to get that level of success? So it's consistency, right? So when you start YouTube or you start a blog or you start podcasting, and you know this, Michael, it can be frustrating or discouraging when you look at the numbers and you see that you know nobody is watching my video. So there's two different types of success on YouTube. There's the success that I had, which was basically years of creating content and it gradually growing. And then there's another type of success that I call the viral video, where you have a viral video, that video blows up, you get a bunch, a ton of subscribers all at once, and your channel just blows up overnight. Now, obviously, if you can do that, that would be the way to go. It's a much quicker, it's more expedited. But what I do and what most people do is they grow their channel slowly and gradually by creating valuable content and keep getting better and better. And the, the main advice that I always tell people is don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Like what you and I are doing right now and what we talked about pre-show about you wanting to do video and getting the show on YouTube. I think that's a great thing for you to do for this show. But you've got to be able to understand that your face is going to be out there, your voice is going to be out there, people are going to be able to get in touch with you and understand that there are going to be people out there. You know, people are just mean and and they're going <laughs> to they're they're going to post stuff on your videos and tell you how terrible you are, how goofy you look, how horrible you sound, and you just have to understand that is going to happen. So just consistency is key. Being able to create high quality, valuable content that people can actually use. Don't just throw out videos out there that people can't use. All the videos that I create now, now I will say in the beginning, I had to learn. I was very young when I started my channel. And so what, what has happened since then is the content on my channel has become obviously more well produced, but I also think about my content more. Now I think about if someone's watching this, what are they going to get out of it? And my motto and my slogan for my channel and Porter Media, the, the company that I have here, is basically I want to create content that changes lives, that makes a difference. And so when you're doing that and you're creating consistent content, your channel will grow. Huh, that's awesome. So let's say uh, you're, you know, like you said, you, you create this YouTube channel, no one's, <laughs> no one's looking at your videos and you're, you're discouraged. What time frame would you say that someone needs to wait and be patient before they expect to see some sort of, you know, traction with that with that channel. 
Right. So you give it give it a few months. I mean, three, six, even sometimes nine, nine months to a year. And the fact that, you know, I was reading a blog post from somebody who I respect in, in the blogosphere, I think it was last week, and he was talking about there's going to be, you know, six, nine, maybe even a year of the time you're creating content and you're putting that work in and nobody's watching. And the thing that you've got to understand is, you know, at least give it, you know, half a year or nine months. And I understand if people don't have that amount of time to wait, but what happens is you're putting in the work now for the benefit later, especially it's all dependent upon what type of content you're creating or producing on YouTube. And what I try to do with my channel and I recommend to people starting out on YouTube is try to create what I call evergreen content, content that's going to be good three, five years down the road. So if someone does discover your video and your channel begins to grow and you gain subscriber counts and your name is out there more, those videos, older videos, will be getting more views then than they're getting when you create them. So that's one tip, a pro tip, what I like to call it, is create that evergreen content because that content's gonna be out there forever. I mean, I knew a guy who I helped start a YouTube channel who was doing guitar tutorials on how to play the guitar, uh, how to do music, how to read music. And the thing about that topic is that it never changes. The way you play a G chord will always be the way you play a G chord. So with him, his channel wasn't growing in the first you know, six months to nine months. But as soon as he took off, all of those videos, simple tutorial videos on how to play this song or how to play that song, they begin to gain way more views a year down the road than they did initially. And that was all because that topic is forever green. You know, it will always be relevant. So if you're out there, at least give it half a year and understand that YouTube is definitely a hard egg to crack right now because all of the noise that's out there, there's so much stuff being uploaded to YouTube. If you don't stand out, if your personality isn't uh, to where you stand out from the crowd, you're going to have a lot harder time to kind of breaking through. Right, right. So... And I like what you said um, about, you know, starting out and creating this evergreen content that's out there that no one may listen to right now, right? But that that video you create today may become the popular thing a year from now, right? It's it's not necessarily out there. and Because I think a lot of people, and I even had this myself, I'll create a, a, a podcast, I'll put it out there, and if, if it doesn't get a lot of, you know, uh, listens to that week, then I'm like, oh, that podcast is dead. You know, no one's ever going to go back and listen to the art, you know, the old episodes. But of course they will, because I know I've done that with with new podcasts when I when I start out. I don't necessarily read or listen to the uh, the most recent episode. Um, but I, I'm curious, you know, when you're talking about evergreen content, and you're talking about technology. It seems hard to do that with with technology since everything's you know technology is constantly evolving. There's always a new software version. There's always a new gadget, new app, and and the old. Um, you know, gadgets and apps seem to be, you know, they become obsolete. So how do you do that right. when you're, when you have a technology channel? So I had to format it and structure it way differently. So I used to do uh, what it would, would be called news videos where those videos would only be good for a week or at max two weeks to a month when people are wanting to find out the new, you know, what is Apple released or the new features on the next computer that's coming out, the next big thing. But I realized those were not the type of videos that I enjoyed doing. They were not the type of videos that I ended up becoming successful with. So what I do is more of the how-to and tutorial videos like Photoshop, how to create this effect, or how to use Evernote to make your day more productive, or how to do simple things within programs like iTunes and things like that. And it doesn't sound too sexy or too, uh, you know, it doesn't sound too appealing when you talk about it. But what people have to understand what by me saying all that is this, that 
content will be good for years to come. Now, when they update the software, what I normally do is I'll have an alert on my email that says, you know, this software has updated to this version. Uh, and then normally I'll contact the company or they'll contact me like what we talked about earlier. I'll get the new version. I'll do a new video and then I'll link people from the old version to the new version. And that has been extremely successful for me. And I've got videos on how to do stuff with Instagram and Snapchat. And like, so what you have to do in my space, in my niche, is different for everybody. In my niche, it's understanding what's hot at the time. So like right now it's Snapchat, right? And then there's there's something called Musical.ly. It's a new social network that's coming out that I did a few videos on that's been really successful. I've actually have that main video of mine posted on their webpage on how to how to do and use their software. So what you have to do is get it while it's hot and then kind of be be the front runner, be in the in the game early and then your videos will be good forever. But you're exactly right. If you're doing videos like unboxings on the new iPhone or if you're doing videos um, to say the new computers and, and news videos like that, you've got to be the upper tier of technology content creators on YouTube. Uh, and there are people out there who already fit that space. So I want to fit my space and do what I do well. And something that I found a long time ago that I'm really passionate about and really enjoy doing is teaching. I enjoy teaching. I really love to teach people how to use stuff that that don't know how to do it. And that kind of goes into another part of my business where I actually create premium content courses and sell those on sites such as Udemy. Uh, and I also have them hosted on uh, sites such as Thinkific and Teachable. And I'm just now getting into that and I'm actually learning new ways to monetize my content. But you're absolutely right, Michael. If you're in that space of you know, the computers and the news videos, you've got to be on it quick, and you've got to upload that stuff as it happens. Hmm. That's awesome. So um, let's, let's talk a little bit about, I'm, I'm curious about the fact that you're a voice actor. That's kind of cool. Yes, yes, <laughs> how, how did you get into that, and how long have you been doing it? Extremely interesting. It all, it all spurred from my YouTube channel, and I had a company, a rather larger company that I'm not going to reveal the name because they Sometimes they get a little weird about that kind of thing, but yeah. they approached me via YouTube and they sent me a message and they said, look, we've got a series of videos coming out. We've already done all the video work and we have a script and we want you to read it. And at the time, this was six, seven years ago, that was extremely foreign to me. And I was like, okay, so you want my voice, but you don't want me to do a video for you because I've done videos for companies before, but you just want my voice. And they're like, that's all I want is your voice. And I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. So I did this job. And this was, again, early on in my online business career, so I was still hustling to, to even make a few dollars. You know, it was, it was before the podcast, before the YouTube channel even took off. So then they said, all right, we'll send you the payment in the mail. And at the time, I was young. I didn't even ask them. I didn't write a contract. I didn't know how much money I was going to get. Well, a month down the road, I go to the mailbox, and I, I, I get something out of the mail, and it was from that company. I was like, oh, okay, here's my payment. And I opened the check, and it was almost $1,000. Nice. And I was like, wait a minute. So you're telling me I spent maybe an hour, hour and a half on a Skype call with these guys kind of. And again, it was all new to me because I had to kind of listen to the director and understand that, you know, I'm from the South. So I do have a Southern accent. So I had to at times really enunciate what I was saying uh, when I was talking. So we definitely spent a little more time than probably professional voice actors do. So then after all of this happened, the guy emailed me back and he was like, look, you've got a really good voice. You should check out a site called Fiverr. And I was like, Okay, so I checked out Fiverr and I began selling my voice on Fiverr and 
ended up making two, three, four thousand dollars a month uh, on Fiverr nice. by selling my voice. And I'm still on there doing some stuff, but I have scaled down extremely, uh, way less than I used to do because I'm doing more stuff like the podcast and things like that. And I actually ha- has led me to get on more premium sites like Voices.com, Voices One Two Three. Those are the sites that are the real premium sites where you actually pay to play, which means you pay a few hundred bucks a year to even get on those sites to receive those auditions. So what will happen now is Fiverr is more of the introductory part of it, introductory part of it. But when you get on Voices123 and Voices.com, you've got companies like GM, companies like Apple, companies like Yahoo, companies like Uber, all of these big companies who are wanting to get national television commercials done they're all being done through those pay-to-play sites like Voices123 and Voices.com. And, you know, I've landed, you know, 10, 12, 15 jobs on each of those sites. And it's offset the cost, and I've made a little money. But it's one of those things to where I'm still learning and still morphing, and I'm actually in the process of getting a home studio built. And I, I have a, a really nice studio here that I'm in, and it's fairly soundproof. But to get those jobs, I've learned that I've actually – I'm going to need to up my game. Hmm. Okay. That's awesome. So is it is it now that like the typical you know going through an agent and that sort of thing is that is that just some something of the past or is that still you know, going on? It's different, Michael. It's weird because I talk to people and I listen to people who are have been in the voice acting game for so long, and I don't want people to think that I'm like a trained voice actor. And I, I've actually since then I've I've actually hired a coach and have since been trained. But when I started. I wasn't. So I didn't know, you know, when I read a script, how to enunciate certain words, how to elevate my voice and, and decrease my voice at certain parts of a script. And I've since learned that. I've learned the emotion that goes into it. And it's such a fun craft. Even if you don't make money with it, it's so fun to to add emotion and, and, to, and you end up hearing yourself in weird places. And, and for me, that's just so interesting. But back to your original question, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there, but they don't operate like they used to. There are the people, the 8, 10, 12 people, and yes, it's that low, that that low amount of male and female voice actors who are still at the the upper echelon of this craft, and they do have agents, and they're the movie trailer voiceover guys. They're getting paid tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time to do these one to two minute spots. So those people are still there. They, they, you know, they're the top, top tier. But as far as like from, from below that all the way down to the bottom to where Fiverr is, that model is changing. And I think what's happening is that the internet, as it's doing with all different types of businesses and the way we think about things, you know, newspapers going away, radio with podcasting is going to be changing. You know, voice acting and the way that it's happening now is completely different than even 10 years ago. You know, you're paying to play. You're, you're getting on these sites. It's easier for the company, right? They don't have to deal with an agent. They just go directly to a site. They post their script. They do all their screening there. And they have 60, 70, 80 people who have great voices send in auditions. Awesome. I like that. That's interesting. Um, okay, so let's, let's take a pivot real quick to uh, Podcasters Unplugged. Um, your podcast is great. You know, I, I, I listened to a few episodes and you know, the stuff that your guests shared, I, you know, I was like taking notes and I was like, I'm going to implement this in my show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so what was the inspiration for creating the show? And can, can you share some of your, I guess, biggest takeaways from, uh, from some of your guests? 
Yes. So, so as a recording of this episode here that you and I are talking to each other, I've recorded over 32 interviews with podcast hosts from people who have 100 downloads per episode to people who have 50 to 100,000 downloads an episode. So I've gained a lot of knowledge from these people. Now, this is my baby right now, Michael. I really am passionate about this podcast. Uh, the reason why I decided to start the Podcasters Unplugged show, and for your audience, briefly in one sentence, it's a show for podcasters. If you're looking to get into podcasting or you're looking to grow and monetize your current podcast, uh, go check it out for sure. But with this show, it was spurred from doing my YouTube Creators Hub show, which is another podcast that I do, and I interview YouTube creators. That show in the first year, as we were talking about earlier with my YouTube channel, you know, it got 100 downloads an episode, maybe 500 downloads, depending on the guest. So I gave up on it, right? I quit. But I, leave, I left it on iTunes. A year later, I was getting emails from all of these people, you know, our, our tweets from these people. I love your podcast. Why don't you produce more shows? Where are the new episodes? Hmm. So I, I logged into my Lipson account, and I was like, what's going on here? And I realized, holy cow, all of my old episodes had almost over 10,000 downloads per episode. Wow. So, so when I realized this, it, may, it really had a shift in my thinking. I realized that there's something to this podcasting thing. And this was over a year ago. And I was like, I'm getting more traction and I'm, I'm creating more contacts and I'm getting more networking done through this podcasting thing than even my YouTube channel. And I was like, why is that? So I started doing research. I beginning to I began to listen to John Lee Dumas and I began to become a part of the Podcasters Paradise family and I realized there's something to this. So I was like I want to interview podcast hosts and talk to them about how are they using their podcast to further their business, to promote their business, to make money. Is their podcast a business? Can it be a business? And so this all was happening while I was in talks with the company to sponsor my YouTube show. So I'm learning all the sponsorship stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it all together, tie it up really nice in a bow, and put it in a podcast. Mm -hmm. So that was how the birth of Podcasters Unplugged happened. And I can tell you, Michael, I've done a lot of stuff on the internet. And I always say the YouTube Creators Hub show, interviewing video creators, is one of the most fun things that I get to do during the week. Well, Podcasters Unplugged is right up there with that because interviewing these podcasting hosts, and you know this, by interviewing tons of people, people are just interesting. Like, it's so intriguing to hear people's stories about where they were, how they got where they are now, why they started this podcasting thing, and where has it gotten them now. So Podcasters Unplugged, again, I don't want to go on anymore about it, but it's a really fun thing to do. Yeah, I, I, I love the show. I, I think... Um... You know, I think the first episode I was listening to, um, I just wasn't sure what to expect. And I was just like, man, like I was actually driving at the time. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I have to I have to listen to the show when I'm not driving so I can take notes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I so, appreciate the kind words. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so so the new the new podcast you're working on, what's what's yes. that about? What's the, yeah, so um, so everything is going to come full circle as far as me being online and you know, quitting my nine to five and doing this, the main goal of all of the content that I'm creating is going to accumulate uh, on my blog, the online business realm blog, which is going to be where I curate all of my content that I'm creating on YouTube, uh, all of this that I'm learning on my podcasters unplugged show, the YouTube show, everything that I'm learning, I want to curate into one place uh, that's called the online business realm. And I want that to be basically a hub, a place where anyone looking to start a business online, obviously there's tons of that out there. But what I always tell people with podcasting and YouTube is this, 
There are people out there who are blogging. There are people out there who are creating technology content. But what's different is you. What's different is your personality, your unique spin on it. So I want to bring my viewpoint on where I was when that happened and I got laid off with my nine to five job to the point to where I am now, to where I'm successfully making, and I'm not getting rich, but I'm successfully making a, a very nice income by what I'm doing online. So I want to, to take that all together and smush it up and, and do some really good blog posts. I've already got five or six started over there on the blog. Uh, I've got all of five or six podcasts. And the, and the structure of this podcast is going to be a little different, Michael, in that I'm going to do six, seven, eight, nine, ten minute episodes basically are going to be the main episodes. And then I'm going to have sprinkled in every five or six episodes, I'm going to interview entrepreneurs like yourself, like people who are doing some really interesting things on the internet, uh, just weird stuff, like people that I've met through Fiverr who are making, literally, this will blow your mind. There's there's a guy that I know on Fiverr making over $130,000 a year huh. create, creating logos. Nice. Just just through Fiverr. Now he's not, you know, he's he used to be on 99 Designs, but he's found that he can make more money on Fiverr. So I want to interview people like him and sprinkle those into my podcast. And the one great thing about podcasting is this. You can do whatever you want with your structure. It doesn't have to be set in stone. So knowing that I can take my podcast and do those actionable episodes of, you know, seven, eight, ten minute episodes of, you know, here's how you grow a Facebook following or here's how you utilize Snapchat for marketing. And then in between those episodes, have an interview, 30, 35 minutes talking to somebody really interesting about what they're doing online. That's the goal for the online business realm. Hmm. Awesome. I love that. So you're, you're bringing it all together. So are you going to have the online business realm and have uh, separate sites for your other podcasts and YouTube channels, or are you going to try to bring everything together into under one roof? Yeah, I'm, I still have my my single sites for the YouTube Creators Hub and the Podcasters Unplugged show, just because what I really want to do is I want to be able to link out from the online business realm. It's like, hey guys, look, this is more of a uh, a taken back, you know, looking from afar for the online business realm. If you want to niche into video or you want to niche into audio, I've got those two places as well, and I'm just going to link out to those from the main website of the online business realm and kind of use them as kind of sister sites to the main mothership, if you, if you, per se, if you want to call it that. But definitely, I'm still learning as far as like how I want to structure my websites. And there's people out there doing it way better than I am. And I've got so much to learn as far as like I'm in the process now of trying to hire a virtual assistant, going through that process. I've hired a couple and it didn't work out. And I have heard that it's a long process. But doing all of this, I have learned that I need help and probably one of the most important things that I could tell your audience if they're looking to grow a business online is, number one, you're going to have to spend money to make money, and you can't do it all yourself. Uh, if you try, you'll, you'll die. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, you can't do it. It's not possible. It, you know, my vision for what I want for my business is going to take two, three, four people to work on, uh, if not full-time during the week, at least have a couple part-time people working on it with me. That's awesome. So let's talk about that, that spending money part. Um, so uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll ask this from two perspectives. One, for someone who's, who's new, I'm thinking, what's your best advice for learning? Like, you're, you, you know, instead of you don't want to waste a whole lot of time, you don't want to waste a whole lot of money, you want to figure out the, the most efficient way to really figure out uh, how to have a successful, let's say they want to have a successful YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. um, what, would you, what would you advise uh, someone do who, to, to learn um, the ropes? That's the beautiful thing about the internet 
is that there's so much free content out there. And when I started my podcast, my first podcast a couple of years ago, basically all I did was I went into the iTunes search and I looked for basically podcasts about what I was trying to do. And I went on YouTube and I searched for how to do this, how to do this. And I did take a few premium courses like on Udemy uh, and places like that to where I paid for a more in-depth structured course on how to do something. And that's the thing that people have to understand. When you get into this, you are going to have to spend money. And when I first started, Michael, I didn't want to spend anything. Like my WordPress was using the the normal, you know, crummy, uh, you know, to whatever year it was, uh, theme for the website. I didn't want to pay for a theme. I didn't want to pay for plugins. I didn't want to pay for anything. Now, where I'm at, I'm yeah, I pay for it all. I mean, you know, I I got you know the the smart passive podcast player from Pat Flynn, uh, which is phenomenal. It's completely changed the way my website looks. I've got premium themes on all of my websites, uh, upgraded all my gear, and again, obviously, you can't do this until you have some money to spend. But I will tell people, don't don't skimp on those things if you can, uh, because those things are important. Uh, but on the opposite side of that, and I think you would agree with me on this, Michael. There's never been a time where you could start something online and create stuff to put online at a better budget. And what right. I mean by that is is that you can get started doing this, what we're doing right now, with a microphone and an internet connection. It's that simple. And then if you wanted to create a podcast, add on maybe 5 or $15 a month for hosting with Libsyn or somebody like that. And altogether, if you get a Blue Yeti mic, you have internet that you pay for monthly, you know, you're looking at maybe a couple hundred bucks and you're on iTunes and you can sound as good as anybody. There, there's nothing holding you back except for yourself. So definitely know that the, the, the entry point is not so far off. But once you break through that, I would definitely recommend spending a little money in the beginning to get what you want to, to make yourself look as if you know what you're doing. Because again, you can tell the difference in someone who doesn't have a, a theme on WordPress and someone who does. So definitely you will need to spend money, but the entry point, entry to the, the point to get into this stuff online now is so much lower than it used to be. It's amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, and I love that. Uh, I, the, the power of the internet and what it's done to allow, even, you know, we were talking about earlier, voice actors having access to directly to companies instead of having to go through the channels of, uh, working with agents. I mean, that, that's, crazy. that's, that's amazing. Fiverr, I, the fact that I can find a designer in 10 seconds without having to go out and, you know, hire a design company. Um, I can it's insane. You know, yeah, it's great. Uh, even the fact that we're having this conversation right over Skype. I mean, we're, we're in, you know, two different parts of the country, but yep. we can talk to each other and have this great conversation over the internet. So it's, I love that power. Um, so I'm curious. So now you, you are able to leave your nine to five. You're, you're doing this full time. How did you make that transition? What what was the um, I guess the defining factors that you think that allowed you to to really be able to make the, enough income to uh, quit your job? There's two things. It was gradual. It didn't happen overnight. Uh, I did work at a place that I went to for starting three days a week, two days a week, and then basically just kind of faded away. <laughs> so it was a gradual progression. I didn't do it lightly. 
And then I had support from my family, mm -hmm. which was extremely important. If you don't have support from uh, your family, then obviously it's going to make things a lot, lot more difficult. So my wife was extremely supportive. Uh, we had just had a baby at the time. So, you know, we had our first little one on our way. And, you know, I had to see proof of concept first that I was going to be able to provide for my family by doing this whole online thing. And once I realized that I could, that's when it kind of excited me a little bit. It sparked me a little bit. And I was like, All right, I'm going to do this. Because what happens is if you don't do that, if you don't quit your nine to five in my situation, now everybody's situation is differently. What happens is you've kind of got your toe in the water mm -hmm. and you're not all the way in. And what happens is the content, it shows that. Like it, it'll show with your content that you're not, you know, you're not swimming in it. You know, you're not fully engulfed in what you're doing. Right. So, you know, I had one foot here, one foot here. So when I decided to finally say, this is it, I'm going completely on this side, jumped into the water and my content showed it. It became way better. It was way more consistent. And I was able to commit the time that it required to grow what I want as far as what I consider successful as the end result. So it was gradual and I had my family support. So it's extremely important to have those things. And it's not for everybody. It, it can be lonely at times. I mean, it's the, it, it truly, it really can be. Like, it's not for everybody. You have to understand that doing this is a grind. It, it's not going to happen overnight. And if you're looking for a get-rich-quick scheme, that's not what this is. You know, creating podcasts, creating content, helping others at times can be lonely, and it's not going to get you rich quick. You know, people see John Lee Dumas and they see Pat Flynn and they see Michael Hyatt. They see these guys and they're like, man, they're making, you know, $50,000, $60,000 a month, $100,000 a month. That's what I want to do. I can do that, right? If I just put something online, I got a blog, you know, I got a podcast. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And a lot of times we get, we get confused that, you know, we hear this word passive income and we hear this uh, where we can make money online. And it seems like it's so simple. We don't have to drive anywhere. We don't have to have a boss. It seems so glorious. But what people don't understand is there's nights when, you know, my family are in bed sleeping and I'm in here working you know, mm -hmm. until midnight trying to get the next podcast up or trying to get the, the new video edited. It is a grind and it is hard work. But once you reach that point to where it becomes a business and you see it continually grow and what happens with a business and, and you know this is, you know, slow, 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 slow. But once you start to grow, it's going to continue to hit that. It's going to continue to go up. And that is the fun part. Right. Then you're just then you're just along for the ride, you know. Then you're just along for the ride, and that's what's so good about the internet is now that I've got my stuff all over the internet. Literally, I'm everywhere. I get emails from content and places I didn't even know I still had stuff out there for. <laughs> so it's just it's so much fun to do. So I definitely would uh, tell your audience to do it gradually. Don't don't do it on a whim. Don't do it really quick. And make sure your family's behind you and they're supporting what you're doing. Awesome. Well, Dusty, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you provided a lot of great value. I, you know, as as always, I, I learned uh, a lot of great <laughs> things from you. Awesome. Um, so how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Absolutely. So real quickly, guys, you can check me out. Uh, I got two podcasts, one on the way, uh, YouTube Creators Hub. If you're looking to get into YouTube, grow your YouTube channel, check that out on iTunes, YouTube Creators Hub. Uh, Podcasters Unplugged, uh, that's the show for podcasters. If you're looking to start, launch a podcast, or grow and monetize your current pod podcast, go check that out. You can find me on the YouTubes, uh, Technology Guru. It was Technology Guru 77, but I have since talked to the YouTube guys. They've cut the two sevens off, so I have a nice, clean Technology Guru. 
guru name now on YouTube. And I've been, it's been such a pleasure to, uh, to be on this podcast and to be able to, to talk to your audience. Thanks so much, Desi. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>